Well, good morning, everyone. Uh, looking forward to sharing God's word with you today. My name is Kevin, pastor of Next Generation Outreach. We're really excited to feed you after church. I hope everybody skipped breakfast and you're ready to chow down some food. It's just so great to be able to do an event like this. The last event similar to this was Family Day. And I can't even keep track of how long we've been going through this corona pandemic. But it's just exciting that we're... I, actually able to do an event like this. We did some creative stuff uh, in the last couple of years with drive-throughs and everything, but I hope you're sticking around after. Um, if you made reservations at Swiss Chalet, just cancel that. Stick around here and have a good time. Um, yeah, I'm going to be talking out of Ephesians uh, chapter 6, verse 1 to 9. You can turn there if you want or pull it up on your phone. Um, there's Bibles in the seat back in front of you. Ephesians 6, verse 1 to 9. And uh, we're going to be talking today about uh, parenting, working relationships. And so um, I thought I'd start off with a few quotes about parenting, and I hope you pick up on the sarcasm, okay? I would never say something like this, but here's a couple parenting quotes. My favorite part of parenting is after I drop my kids off at school. I'm kidding, it's after I send them to bed. That's a good one. Here's the next one Save your voice calling your kids. Just open a bag of chips, and they'll materialize out of nowhere. It's a good one. You should try that this afternoon. Hell hath no fury like a toddler whose sandwich has been cut into squares when they ask for triangles. And here's the last one. According to my kid, the perfect amount of time to stay at the park is five more minutes. Those are good. Anyways, yeah, these few verses in uh, Ephesians chapter 6, 1 to 9 um, is rich in reminders and challenges about parenting, family, work relationships, and ministry. And Paul gives uh, good instructions to Christ followers on how to keep priorities within these relationships. The Bible has this a uh, lot to say about these relationships. And so I've titled my message today, Priorities in Christian Relationships. God help us within all these relationships we have to manage to keep our priorities. And um, regardless of where you fall in these categories, some of you might, uh, we be talking to parents and you're like, I'm not a parent. This doesn't apply to me. There's lots that we can learn, even if we're talking to a group of people that you don't fall into that category. Um, God has a huge plan and a design for your relationships. And humanity keep, continues to rebel against God's plan. Society continues to rebel against God's plan. And it's a challenge for us to keep thinking biblically and keep our priorities right biblically. So each one of us fall into one of these categories, either a parent, a kid, a spouse, single, volunteer, leader, follower, boss, employee. Um, so if you don't fall into that category, you can leave. But I think I got everybody. And there's things that we can learn. So the big idea for today, before we read the scripture, you can honor God in your relationships by understanding your priorities. You can honor God in your relationships by understanding your priorities. Now that you're all settled and comfortable, you can stand and we're going to read this scripture. Ephesians 6, verse 1 to 9. Here's what it says. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father, father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life here on earth. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. 
Verse 5, slaves, obey your earthly masters with respect and fear and with sincerity of heart, just as you would obey Christ. Obey them not only to win their favor when their eye is on you, but like slaves of Christ, doing the will of God from your heart. Serve wholeheartedly as if you were serving the Lord, not men, because you know that the Lord will will reward everyone for what good he does, whether he is slave or free. And masters, treat your slaves in the same way. Do not threaten them, since you know that he who is both their master and yours in heaven, and there is no favoritism with him. All right, you can sit down and get comfortable for good now. So yeah, there's lots in this scripture. And the main priorities that we're going to focus on, number one is personal. Your number one priority as a Christ follower is your relationship with God. And everything flows out of there. Number two, your family, to love and care and provide for your family. And number three, this work and ministry. So let's talk about uh, number one, first of all, your personal relationship with God. Matthew 22, uh, 37 says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Jesus is in this setting where the uh, Pharisees are asking him, uh, Jesus, look at the Ten Commandments. What's the, mo- what's the most important one? And Jesus said, simply to love God. That's our number one priority as Christ followers. I've shared this before, but I'll share it again. How do you develop a relationship with God? You spend time with God. You carve out time in your daily routine uh, to spend time reading, praying, doing those things. Daily devotions, time dedicated to God, and then throughout the remainder of the day. So this simple thing that we're called to do as Christ followers, daily time with God, why is it so difficult? Well, because Jesus said it's the greatest commandment. It's the greatest thing we're supposed to focus on. So Satan, the enemy of our soul, is going to put forth his greatest attack. So if you want to pursue relationship with God and go deeper in your relationship with God, you got to be ready to fight for it, to work hard at it, and to strive for it. It's not just going to happen. So our number one priority is to love God, to put him first and everything else flows out of that. And don't forget, the enemy is going to do everything he can to distract you, lie to you, and deceive you so you don't go deep with God. So number one, relationship with God. Then uh, the second priority is family. And there's lots of different dynamics here. Uh, First of all, marriage. Last week, Pastor Corey taught about marriage. And I texted him after and I said, Corey, you did a masterful job breaking down that scripture. If you've not watched that, please go back and watch last week's message. Really good breakdown of what scripture says. And um, he talked about the umbrella and he used this picture. He talked about Christ is uh, uh, over the marriage and the family. And a husband's role is to uh, love their wife just as Christ loved the church and submit to Christ under Christ's authority. Then wives' role is the same, to submit, to come under uh, the husband and Christ under that umbrella. And that word submit means to come under as a strong helper. And then those uh, cute little umbrellas over to the side are kids. Kids come under the authority of their parents, under the authority of Christ. And this is God's design for, for marriages and for family. Okay? So uh, I summarized Pastor Corey's sermon. If you didn't see it, go back last week and watch it. So let's talk about kids. Kids, you are important to God. Here's what the scripture says. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. 
honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise. Now, most of our kids are in kids' church. Uh, I thought as an illustration, we could bring them all in and throw them at you and see how well you listen. But most of the kids are out there right now. We got some teens in here, some high schoolers, but all of us are kids. And so um, we all have something to learn. Some of you adults definitely behave like children sometimes. But God gives some good instructions here of how kids are to interact with their parents. So there's this biblical outline for how parents should behave. And then there's current reality. Uh, Because of the fall and because of sin, parents fall short of what we're supposed to do in leading and uh, parenting our kids. So kids, you might be in one of these following situations. Um, Perhaps you grew up in, in a different scenario than the person beside you, but understand parents are sinful, parents make mistakes, and we as parents will fall short. We will let you down. We will disappoint. You children will be disappointed by your parents. Don't expect perfection because you will be disappointed. Some of you are are growing up or have grown up in a situation where both the parents loved Christ and they're on this journey pursuing Christ and they're doing the best they can and you um, will find that God's peace rules in your home and the children growing up in this kind of setting will reap the rewards of their parents' choices. Perhaps some of you are growing up or have grown up in a home where the parents are not Christ followers. You still might uh, have a scenario where uh, you get great nurturing and parenting and there's sacrifice and care and provision. If you are in this situation, just recognize that you will need to find your biblical training and spiritual insight, insight from outside the home. And then there's this situation where... Uh, where parents are just totally not cutting it and totally dropping the ball and totally letting their children down. Some parents are extremely disappointing, selfish, hurtful, and have caused you tremendous pain and turmoil. And if you're in that situation, uh, or you grew up in that situation, you need, you need God's help. You need God to bring healing and restoration and comfort to you if you grew up in that situation. But no matter what kind of thing you grew up in as a kid, I encourage you to bring these things to God. Bring your hurts, your disappointments, your worries and your fears to God because God cares for you and he wants to bring healing to you. Forgive, uh, uh, pray that God would fill in the gaps where your parents are letting you down or are disappointing you or have in the past. Seek counseling. Some of you need to talk to a professional and say, help me sort through this stuff and ask for God's help. But regardless, kids, teens, Adult kids, adult kids who act like kids, be aware of your parents' shortcomings and say, God, I need your help. And no matter where you're at, kids, honor your parents. Listen to them. Hear them out. Don't be a know-it-all, but ask questions and seek to understand. Honor your parents as scripture commands. I want to talk also to adult kids who are maybe in your mid-20s or mid-30s. If you grew up in a situation where you faced hurt and pain in your childhood, I encourage you to do some digging. I encourage you to spend some time in prayer and asking God to reveal some truth to you. Who knows what God will bring up? It could be something small. It could be something huge. But there's a season in life where you need to look back at your childhood and really dig in there and ask God to bring healing and restoration. And if you uncover something really big, I encourage you to seek counseling and dig into that. Because sometimes what happens to you as a child can be like baggage on your shoulder. 
And if you don't deal with it as, a, as an adult, it's going to be there with you for the rest of your life. And you're not going to be free the way God called you to live. So this word honor, this word honor is a command to children. Honor your father and your mother. Now this command is directly given to kind of pre-adult children who live within the home. But it still applies to adult children who have moved out of the home. And uh, again, in society, when this scripture was written, children were not respected. They were dishonored. Uh, they had no respect or dignity. They were very low in society. But the gospel gives priority to children. Children are important to God. Kids, your emotions, your hurts, your worries, your fears, all those things are important to God. He cares for you deeply. And... Um, Children are to honor their parents because it honors God. And when you honor your parents, it can be a form of worship by serving God in this way. And it flows out of your relationship with God. To honor is deeper than to obey. To honor is to respect and to esteem. Now, nudge parents. You also need to conduct yourself in a manner that deserves honor, respect, and esteem. And to honor is a matter of the heart. I've shared that story before of a, putting a kid on timeout and they're sitting there and they've got this look on their face and you know the internal dialogue is, I'm sitting on timeout on the outside, but I'm standing on the inside. The difference between obeying and uh, honoring a matter of the heart. Obedience is, is here within the limits of obedience to God. Honor your parents within the limits of obeying God. As children, you can't obey a parent who's asking you to do something that's immoral or idolatrous or anti-gospel or anything that goes against following Jesus. But obeying uh, your parents is morally right and we're to work hard to not disrespect your parents. So obey and recognize that parents come under the authority of Christ and recognize that parents make mistakes. Got it? Got it, kids? Awesome. Let's talk to parents. It goes on in verse 4. It says, Fathers, which is referring to fathers and mothers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in training and instruction of the Lord. Again, this instruction is to both parents. Fathers and mothers, don't provoke your children to anger by doing things like this. Severe and relentless discipline. Harsh and unrealistic demands. Inconsistency. Unfair rules. Humiliation. Insensity. Insensitivity. Manipulation and control. Colossians 3.21 says, Fathers, do not embitter your children or they will become discouraged. If we do this as parents, our kids will lose heart. And I understand that many of your parenting situations are different. Perhaps you're a single mom. Perhaps you're a single dad. Perhaps you're not together with your spouse right now. Perhaps you're in this kind of situation. But fathers and mothers come under the authority of Christ. Both are equal, but both have different roles and they complement each other. You may need to fill in the gaps at times for uh, a parent who's dropping the ball, a spouse who's dropping the ball, or if you're in a single mom or a single dad. Or you might need to look to the church to get your kids involved in a program at the church. Or you might need to look outside the home for that kind of mentoring that you can't provide. To simplify this, do not provoke your children to anger. Parents, don't be a meanie. Don't be a meanie. Calm yourself down. Pause for a minute and treat your kids with respect and care for them. It's a huge responsibility to be a parent. The antidote to being a meanie 
is to focus on your kids and enjoy your kids. Recognize that they're a gift from God. Recognize that God uh, sees you with your faults and he loves you. See your kids through the eyes of Christ and love them and care for them and nurture them and teach them and raise them up. Fathers and mothers are important. Uh, my wife Kylie read this book uh, by Gary Thomas. It's a devotional out of his sacred parenting book. And it's 52 weeks conveniently can be done in one year. And so Kylie went through this and uh, wrote down 52 quotes in her journal about parenting. And I'm not going to read all of them uh, because then I'd be done. But I want to read some of these quotes to you. And as parents in the room, you can either close your eyes and reflect. Uh, you can follow along on the screen. But um, allow these things to sink in, these, uh, these godly quotes about parenting. I am called and equipped to be a parent. Number one goal is to produce godly children. They are a blessing, not a burden. Being a parent causes humility and shapes us more to the image of Christ. We need to demonstrate the pursuit of growth, realizing we need to change just as our children do. Be tender, but be true. Teach kids of their desperate need of a savior because they were born sinners. The annoyances and challenges of family life are ways in which we die to ourselves. Rise above the circumstances and carry the cross. Enjoy parenting in the moment. Pursue your children. Know the important things about them. Cooperate with God in parenting. Listen to his voice and insight. And then the last one. Enjoy the day-to-day. -day. It's a blessing. And you would do anything to give it back if it were gone. So I just wanted to encourage you parents. I know it's tough. I know it's tough. But keep going. You're doing great. Keep up the good work. If you're messing up royally, just come before God and ask for help. And take this role as a parent seriously. Represent Christ. Create this atmosphere in your home for growth within your kids. Pray for your kids. Find someone in the next stage of parenting and ask them questions. Kylie and I have done this throughout our parenting. If we did something right, it's because we asked someone else what they did and then we just copied them. We have five kids and we need all the help that we can get. There's a comedian who also has five kids and, and someone asked him, uh, what is it like to have five kids? And uh, I won't do it as good as him, but he sat back and he said, okay, let's say you're in the water and you're treading water and you're getting tired and you're drowning and then somebody walks along and throws you five kids. <laughs> That's what it's like to have five kids. Sometimes parenting can feel overwhelming and exhausting. Ask for, for, for help from someone. Everything from diaper rashes to teething to bedwetting to discipline to school, talking back, time out, and now there's time in apparently. Time out, time in. Dating, college, university. And it, for us right now, the biggest trouble, keeping our fridge full of food. It just magically disappears. I want to encourage you young parents. You, some of you are feeling so tired and exhausted. You're trying to cover it up, but I can see it in your eyes. Those parents of young children, don't lose heart. 
Parenting is in stages. I remember when Caden was, our oldest Caden was a toddler, and for some reason we decided to have twins, or we ended up having twins. And so we had a toddler, and then we had two infants, and we didn't even have the energy to give them names. We just called them the boy and the girl for the first few weeks. And their feeding routine took an hour and a half, and they had to feed every three hours. And so you set the alarm, and you nap for an hour, and we were just exhausted. And this part of our life is like a blur. I don't know if we're conveniently blocking it out, but we barely remember it. But young parents, this too shall pass. You can do it. It's exhausting and tiring. Don't give up and ask for help. Parents, don't lose heart. When it comes to parenting and your kids and their faith, this is a huge uh, goal and a huge desire as parents. I want to encourage you to, to train your children and teach them to love Jesus. And there is this moment, there is this transition that happens within our kids, uh, hopefully as they grow up, usually within the adolescent stage, sometimes earlier, where they begin to take ownership of their own relationship with Christ. And they begin to say, this is not for you, this is not for my church, this is not for uh, my youth leader, this is for me, this is what I want, I want to serve Christ. That's what you pray for. We want to do everything we can as families, as a church, as ministries to, uh, and multi-generations within the church to pour into the younger generations. Kids ministry is a huge priority to us here at West Park. Get your kids plugged in. Thank you for those of you who serve in that area. Youth ministry, junior high, senior high is very, very vital. Get your kids here. Get them connected. Uh, those of you who are looking for an opportunity to serve coming out of the pandemic, consider youth ministry. Talk to Bill. Say, Bill, can I come and check out what a Tuesday night is like, what a Wednesday night is like. Take this opportunity to pour into those youth. They need the support. They need the help. They're going through so much. Young adults, it's an environment for the, these young adults to grow and develop their relationship with God. In every stage of ministry here at West Park, we have the kids in a small group environment. Kids, youth, and young adults. We want to raise them up in this kind of environment so that as adults, they will seek out that small group experience and continue to grow and to develop in their faith. And so parents, this preparation for your children uh, to be fruitful Christ followers as adults does not happen in a one-time conversation. It doesn't happen uh, as you sit on the edge of your, of your child's bed as they pack their bags for university. And you say, I'm going to prepare you for the real world. No, it happens throughout their entire life. Keep pouring into them. Keep living out your faith at home and keep loving your kids. Do you want to know one of the top strategies for helping develop uh, children who will serve Christ when they're adults? And I know it's, it's, it's not uh, an exact formula, but one of the most uh, useful things you can do as a family, eat together. Eat together. If you're doing that, keep doing it. If you're not doing it, try it one night a week. Spend time talking and asking questions as a family. The next one, parents, is living out your faith in front of your kids. Sharing your struggles, sharing your difficulties, sharing the stuff you're learning. Live your faith in front of your kids. And also create an atmosphere in your home where your kids can ask questions and wrestle with their faith. Don't shove the truth down their throat. Anyways, that's parents. Then the scripture goes on to talk about um, work relationships. Uh, verse 5, slaves obey your earthly masters with respect and fear and with sincerity of heart, just as you would obey Christ. 
So scripture talks a lot about the role of slave and master. In this society, uh, slavery was accepted. But again, the Bible comes in and speaks against it. There were many slaves in the Roman Empire, and they were treated like living tools, and they, they had no respect or no dignity. Paul's teaching was a radical, radical change for, against the society. So today, we could take slave and master and put in there uh, boss and employee. We have this working relationship here that Christ is teaching us about. So first of all, employees, it says, obey them not only to win their favor when their eye is on you, but as slaves of Christ doing the will of God from the heart, serve wholeheartedly as if you were serving the Lord, not people, because you know that the Lord will reward each one for whatever good they do, whether they are slave or free. No matter how quickly you take a drink of water, there's just this awkward silence, but I was thirsty. So we're learning priorities in Christian relationships. Number one, relationship with God. Everything flows from there. Then we talked about the family and we broke down different uh, dynamics within the family. Now we're talking about work and ministry. So the Bible is talking to employees or followers or, or if you're on a team. The Bible teaches that you are to obey your boss. Again, within obedience to scripture. Not immoral, not idolatrous, not anti-gospel. But within these boundaries, obey Remember that, uh, remember that it's not that God sees a boss as more important than an employee. God sees as equal, but there are different roles. It says to work hard even when no one is listening, no one is watching. This even applies to personal relationships, home life, work life, ministry. God, I'm doing this for you. The ability to lay your head down at the end of the day, knowing that you honored God even when no one was looking and you worked hard. It teaches that as a worker and employee that you are honoring God, you can actually see your work as worship to God and you can find joy and fulfillment in that. Remember, Jesus came to serve. You think of Jesus washing the disciples' feet. It was a nasty job, but he did it. Christ did it. You can do it. As an employee, serve. Don't be shady or manipulative, but genuinely serve and work hard. Look for opportunities to take initiative at work and um, use the God-given gifts and abilities that are outlined in Scripture to flourish and thrive at work. I remember growing up, uh, my dad ran a painting company and I learned how to paint houses. I started in the closets and I learned how to paint there and then I got to come out into the, to the bigger house and I learned how to paint. So when Kylie and I moved to Calgary, uh, I needed to earn some money. So I found a painting company and uh, they were hiring. And so I got a job with this painting company and I said, I'm a really good painter. And he says, yeah, right. You're starting at $10 an hour. He's heard this before. So I showed up and I worked hard and I painted really well. And at the end of the day, he came to me and said, you know how to paint. <laughs> I said, I know, I told you. And I got a raise to $15 an hour and I got a few more raises throughout the, the time I was there. Sometimes when you work hard, you'll get noticed or you'll get a raise or you'll get promoted. Sometimes you won't get noticed. But you know what's the fun thing about being a Christ follower? God notices. God sees your hard work. God sees your integrity. God sees your right choices. Even you can make a right choice sometimes at work and people twist it and, uh, and it, it's, it doesn't turn out the way you want it to and you get uh, accused of something. God knows. God sees. Honor him even when no one's looking. You can bank on the fact that God sees your hard work and he keeps track and he will reward it. And it's kind of a fun way to go about your life. 
Don't get caught up in the games and the politics and the manipulation and the gossip and the drama and the weight of the workplace. Don't get caught up in those things. Those things will bring you down. You only have so much emotional energy to spend in your day. Don't waste it on that stuff. Don't get caught up in that stuff. Refuse to fall into it. And sometimes we fall into the trap of bringing all that, um, the weight of this junk and this filth that goes on in the workplace. Sometimes we bring it home and we just dump it on our kids or we take it out on our families. Don't do that. Be careful of that. But honor God and put him first and put your family first. Next, he talks to bosses. Masters, bosses, treat your slaves, employees in the same way. Do not threaten them since you know that he who is both their master and yours is in heaven and there is no favoritism. Again, the commands to bosses are similar to parents. Bosses or team leaders or project managers at school or uh, in the workplace, don't be a meanie. Don't be a meanie. Be God-honoring. Represent God well. Being a leader or a boss uh, as a Christ follower is a great opportunity, whether in a Christian setting or a secular setting. Your leadership comes under the authority of God. You should submit your leadership to God. It could be ministry at the church, parent in the home, coach on a sports team, boss at work, team leader, project at school, leader among your peers, whatever scenario you're in, honor God as a leader. Remember, God treats boss and employee as the same, leader, follower as the same, but they have different roles. If you are in a leadership position, you are no better before God than the people on your team that you are leading and you are the boss of. Don't be a meanie. And then lastly, serving in uh, ministry and in the community. Same principles as the other areas. Good ministry flows out of your relationship with God. Dream about what you're passionate about. Dream about what you're good at. God, where do you want me serving at West Park? Where do you want me serving in my community? Get involved. There is nothing like being used by God to pour into somebody else and to impact them and see them grow in their faith. We need to work together to pour into each other and to pour into our families. A couple weeks ago, Pastor Corey talked about the older generation pouring into the younger generation and he joked around, it's up to you to figure out what category you're in. But I encourage you, older generation, find someone younger than you to pour into. And it's really, really easy. This is all you need to do. You need to find a younger person and say, I want to feed you and let it go from there. Invite them to your house for a barbecue or make a, a kale salad, whatever is your jam, and feed them and let it go from there. And allow God to use you to pour into someone younger and start it off by just saying, I want to feed you. Within the church and in the community, we need to find a place to serve. So wrapping things up, priorities are important. And we need to go against the flow of society and keep our priorities right before God. Our big idea, you can honor God in your relationships by understanding your priorities. Keep your priorities straight. Personal life, home life, work and ministry life. Sometimes we fall into the gap and we kind of pretend at home. And then when we get out in public, we act like we got it all together. It's very dangerous. Remember that your, your public life, if you want to be fruitful in your public life, it starts in your private life, in your relationship with God, and your relationships at home. My challenge to you today is this week to spend time reflecting on your relationships. 
Come before God. Make some changes in your priorities and your schedules to honor God with your, with your life. We've been learning a lot about these relationships over the last few weeks, and I just want to encourage you to follow God's leading as he stirs your heart. All right? Let me pray for us. God, thanks for this chance to learn and grow from Scripture today. There's so much here, God. There's so much that we can learn. But I just want to pray for us today, God, that you would help us. We come before you, God, and we ask you to help us to keep our priorities straight. God, with our relationship with you, we know that's where it starts. Would you set our hearts on fire? Would you help us have the discipline, God, to spend time with you each and every day and throughout the day? Would you help scripture to come alive? Would you revive and refresh our walk with you? God, for families, would you help and strengthen each family today? That families would be a place of deep strengthening and uh, peace and joy, a place of healing in the midst of this dark, evil world. For work and ministry, God, help us to honor you and to serve you in our work. For those who are managers and bosses, give them the strength to lead in a godly way. For those who are employees, help them to work hard and, and, and see themselves thrive. Help us as we serve our church and community to represent you well. And God, in all these areas, help it to flow out of a love and passion for you. Help us, God, to be a bright light in this dark world. And help us to be your, your representatives here on earth. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.